All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Can You Teach Me That? My name is Martin Clausen. And I'm Neil Drow. And today we have the pleasure of having Dr. Angelica Underwood with us. Uh, Angelica is a transformational leader, trainer, speaker, consultant, uh, author, among many other things. Uh, and I know this will be a very, uh, hopefully a very uplifting podcast. Uh, it will be in the realms of uh, manifestations, which is something I think both me and Neil could, uh, could learn some more about. Angelica, before we get started, I'm going to ask you a question, right, to get some insights into how you think and a little bit about your personality traits, and then sure. I'll basically throw the ball to you. So can you tell me, Neil, and the audience listening, what is the craziest thing you've done in your life, according to yourself? Oh, my God. The craziest thing that I've done in my life. Oh, boy. I've done a lot of stuff, but mm -hmm. crazy. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> That's good, a thing. good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Well, I went to Peru and I went hiking for five days and we went to the highest peak and it was the craziest thing for me because um, I had just been told that I was okay. I was uh, cancer free. And then I went hiking and I couldn't even breathe. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> the whole time <laughs> catching yeah. my breath, but it was the amazing, the most beautiful thing ever that I've ever seen. So it was worth it, but I would never do it again. <laughs> Ever. I can imagine if you're, you're just out of cancer, like that would have been an elating feeling on many levels then. Yeah. All right. All right. Jessica, now the floor is yours. I want you to uh, explain us a bit about how you spend your days, what it is you do, and uh, yeah, basically teach us. Yeah. You know, um, I'm very passionate about educating kids. Like I'm, I'm still an educator and I still do work in my profession. I'm a director in special education. Mm -hmm. So I help students that are having, that have disabilities to be able to learn. So I'm into the human psychology and in human learning. So mm -hmm. that is like my passion, helping people understand how people learn and then the psychology of how we develop and, um, you know, the human psyche, how we make, um, how we move towards our goals, how we live our lives based on that human psyche that we have internally, you know? So that's, that's basically my passion. And I've, I'm a researcher, so I research a lot, read like crazy. And um, so I go and do my stuff with the education part, come home and work on my uh, passion, which is manifestation. Uh, consulting. So I want to move from the one-to-one because -one, I did that a lot. And now I want to really serve uh, groups of people mm -hmm. so that I can use my time wisely. Mm -hmm. A lot of questions come <laughs> to mind here. Uh, yeah. if, if you don't mind, I'm going to take us back in time. Um, okay. What is this something you've always been doing? Has this been like your, your professional work career for, for the longest time? Or did you actually change into this career from something else? No, forever I've been into um, the psychology and the human learning, but I was just an educator, you know, just working with students and from K through 12. 
Mm -hmm. um, and maybe about 15 years, I started working with adults in helping them transform, uh, do, you know, working with personal transformation. Basically, that's what I've been doing. And how did you get into that? Because I, I know that's not like stuff being taught in school and whatnot. So what was the, like, what was the inspiration to, to kind of into that learning and, and like, yeah, what enticed you to go that route? Well, you know, uh, ever since I was young, I was very intuitive, very, um, you know, just very intuitive. So I would freak my parents out sometimes and I would say, you know what, so-and-so is going to get sick or blah, blah, blah. And, and this is something that contradict, contradicted our family because we come from a Catholic family. Okay. So they were like, oh, you can't be saying this, but then things would happen. And I had no idea what the hell I was saying and why I was even saying it. But then, and I don't want to freak your audience out, but, but when I got my doctorates, I started going more into how the brain functions. Mm -hmm. And I discovered that we're all intuitive because it's part of our guiding system. It's part of that gut feeling of, helping us make decisions. So um, then I started working more with people and, and you know, more like of intuitive business guidance and helping them find um, whatever they were stuck in and helping them move beyond that and being able to conquer obstacles. So that's how it started. And so if you are to talk about that, so I would imagine with you doing it so many years, you've seen like a lot of like commonalities between the people that you work with. What is some of the um, thing that you see most people struggling with where they would reach out to you to actually ask for your services? Mm -hmm. When I started that I was very, very young, I mean, um, I was probably 14, people would come with health issues. So they were coming for that service and I didn't charge a penny. Like everything was super free, you know? So people come, we worked and energetically. And at that time I did a lot of prayer. So uh, that's how I started working. As I got older, then I started working with entrepreneurs in the business sector. Okay. So, uh, and then I get, I went into the hypnosis and the neuro-linguistic programming yeah. So shifting mindset, um, as well as the energy field, you know, because to me, I believe that everything's energy. So those are the three areas that I, that I work with, you know, the science, uh, scientific energy. I work with the divine, you know, the spiritual alignment and with the psychology of the mind. So those are the three areas that kind of came together in my lifetime. So 14 years old, you get your first client. So I got to ask, is this a neighbor? Like, how do you get your first client coming in the door? And are they same age? Is this a, 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 an adult or yeah, so you got to tell that story. So how does that, how did the first one happen? Yeah, they're all adults. And my mom is bringing them from church. Okay. Catholic church. I'm still Catholic. So Catholic yeah. people don't get mad at me. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to tell anybody and I'm, they're coming and they're being sick. So I start working with them and I don't really know what I'm doing. I just know that I'm in silence and just working with them. And there's a lady who had lupus and basically they had given her six months to live. So my mom's like, help her, please. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, just do whatever. And next thing you know it, she lives six more years, you know. So, um, 
then she, more people started coming and more people would come and they all had chronic illnesses. And uh, I, I'm not a doctor, everybody, <laughs> just put it out there. But I, I believe that because they believed that they were gonna heal, they actually healed, you know? Um, so there was just, it was crazy stuff. I was young, I had no idea what was happening. You know, I was just doing it because people would say, please, please just do it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, just do it. So <laughs> I got to ask what, like, what do you, like, what does 14 year old Angelica then do when your mom says, just do it? Like, can you take us through that first? Do you, I know it may be, but can you remember? It was crazy. You know, I basically just, I, I, this is what I've always seen. I just see like white energy and just, focus on white energy and focus on nothing else but the white energy, you know. And later on, even Dr. Joe Dispenza, I don't know if many of your audience will know him, but he has really done a lot of research and he says that you have to go to where there's nothing, you know, nothingness. And it's interesting that I would actually do that. I wouldn't think of the disease. I wouldn't think of curing. I wouldn't think of anything. I would just think of a white light. And that was it. And I'd sit there for whatever. And I, I would feel some movement in the body. And people would tell me, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling heat, I'm feeling tingling sensations or whatever. But that was their experience that they would share with me. And then next thing you know it, they were feeling better. And they would come in for sessions, but I've received nothing uh, in payments and I would not charge at all. Okay. So mm -hmm. that was for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, that kind of must have gone surely to your head quite a lot. You're kind of, you're 14 and you've got a superpower of healing people. That's, I'm not it sure how didn't. I would have coped with that. No, it didn't because everything had to be a secret. Like I couldn't be telling people, okay. you know, people knew, like people would tell people. It, it was like word of mouth, but yet. I wasn't supposed to talk about it. So that was the strangest thing to me. And it was very confusing in a teenager because here I am doing things, people coming and looking for me, and then I can't talk about it. Yeah. So that's why now I've created this program and I want to talk about intuition. I want to talk to other youth that probably experience this or adults because we are so normal as can be. Some of us just tap into that, um, what do you call it, superpower that you call it, but I think we all have gifts and some of us are able to tap into it faster than others, you know? So it didn't get to my head, um, but it, it, it pushed me to research and study and find out why am I different? You know, what am I doing? What am I different? And then how can I pass it on to others? How can I teach others to do what I do? So, you know? so from your 14 to you, like I'm trying to, because I almost want to get taken through this timeline from year to year to try to like <laughs> comprehend this. So you're 14 until you, like when's the first time that you go public or for, for like a better terminology, like that you actually started like making a bit of a career and where word I'm sure would have come out or gotten out anyways at some stage? You know what? You're not going to believe this. I, I have been doing this one-to-one, -one, very private for the longest. 
just recently when I got sick and I got had cancer, I mm. had cancer, had two types of cancer. And I was like, you know what? I've helped so many people. So now I need to do this for me. So during those five years of going through cancer and surgeries and in the hospital, I just would do the same thing. It's just like, I'd sit and just close my eyes and see white energy all around me. And they actually said that somebody with the type of cancer I had would live five years, right? And here mm -hmm. I am after five years. Uh, Looking so good. I yes, thank you. So, and I feel great. So I know that what I did with other people, it took longer because I had to go over that hump of fear and um, over my own belief systems, mm -hmm. you know? because I had, I was working on myself and I had a friend that would come and help me. So after that, that they told me, you know what, you're cancer free. I'm like, I have to do this public. So actually I'm just coming out of a spiritual closet. Okay. If you want to call it. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I just want to clarify this. You still went through the proper like doctors and treatments, but you're doing this as well. Is I that, did yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. no it's just I, I kind of wanted to make sure that the viewers knew yeah. that you're doing both of them and they're working together right I did the alternative and I did the western medicine mm -hmm. and the reason I did the western medicine was because my sons my son the oldest was 17 when I was just diagnosed and the youngest was 11 at the time and the oldest when they told me that I would if I didn't take care of it, I would live five years or less. And he's like, mom, I'm going to be so mad at you if you die. You mm -hmm. know, he's like, I'm going to be so angry that you didn't try everything. So because I saw his anxiety and his frustration, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do everything that's in my power. And um, so I did it. I did, I did both. Okay. So, mm -hmm first off that's that's the i i'm glad you said that as well Neil, just to make sure that it kind of goes in and so mm -hmm. would you that would also be the recommendation right you wouldn't necessarily have you're, you're happy you did that and it they, they both kind of coexisted and helped you to get through it you feel like one yes. may have elevated the other i i think so i think so but you know what let me tell you something my my sister-in-law was just diagnosed with cancer like maybe six months ago to maybe a year or less okay. and she has she had stage four and they told her that they couldn't do anything so she wasn't receiving the western medicine because they told her that it was too advanced and they couldn't do anything so my sister and I said this is what you have to do you know and, and we worked with her and it's it, it's uh it it's dormant like the cancer is not there right now so, and wow. that's crazy that, I mean, it's not that she didn't want to do anything. It's just that they told her they couldn't do anything for her anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So then we were the option, my sister and I, and here she is. She's wow. here. So for, that's amazing. Of course. I like mm -hmm. it. It's, it's yeah. We're, we're I'm a million questions. Uh, <laughs> so now you mentioned your sister as well. Did I not catch that earlier that, that it actually was your sister being a part of this as well? Or? Yes. My sister, um, there's another sister Lourdes and basically everything I've learned, I've taught her, you know, okay. she's older than me, but she's fascinated with the work that I've done. 
So she's like, I want to learn. I want to learn. So she's been learning. So when I needed her, then she did everything I would apply to people. Then she would help me and apply it to me. Because again, we have this ego and this shadow side of us that it gets in our way. So sometimes you do need a coach. You do need a mentor. Mm -hmm. You do need someone else out of yourself so that you can step up, step out of your way. Right. And then you kind of let go and you trust someone else coming in. And then a friend, uh, Nora Beckema, uh, she also learned a lot of stuff on her own and some of the things I, you know, we, we shared with each other and she was able to work. So can you take us through, let's say, what kind of like people would come to you? Would it be things from anything to like anxiety to actually having physical illnesses? It, like the, I, I imagine the spectrum is wide, right? It's wide. Um, yes. I had a young man who came to me one time uh, because he had a lot of anxiety. He wasn't able to breathe. They were even carrying him. And I was like, why'd you bring him to me? You should have taken him to the hospital. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you have to help him. So he left walking. I mean, he, he was back, relaxed and full in his body and then was able to walk out, you know. And is this um, over once or do I come to, so let's say that I have anxiety to, let's say it's like um, business anxiety, right? I'm afraid of maybe I'm working for a manager that's like very uh, authority and, and whatnot. Would I come to you over several times to kind of go through courses or, or can you try to give us, paint a picture about like, what would it be mm -hmm. like visiting you without you giving up right. all your secrets, of course. Right, right. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, I recommend that everybody do, do and, and I always like, I don't care sharing my secrets because like I said, we can get, uh, we can become our own blockage. So mm -hmm. I believe everybody needs someone to help them. So I don't care. I can tell you the recipe and you still need somebody to help you pour it okay. sometimes, you know? So basically, um, it depends. Like sometimes it, it depends on where they're at in the situation. Sometimes they need several sessions and then sometimes one or two would be enough. Right. But then it's like, you go see the doctor and the doctor says, take this medicine and keep repeating the dosage. Right yourself so the same thing with me they come here and i tell them you know what you need to continue i believe in meditation you know mm -hmm. we have to quiet the mind and and then i, I practice the honopono prayer too which is uh i love you i forgive you and and thank you right those three words just repeating over and over so i tell people this is what you need to do they're easy recipes easy things to do and then the biggest thing is believing like you have to believe that you're going to be healed or that everything's going to be okay you have to increase that certainty you know in order for you to shift whatever's happening in your in your body and then i tell them to increase the vibration so there's uh hertz sound you can find it on youtube Mm -hmm. And, and that sound, that beating sound, is like a da -da 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 -da. depending on the frequency, uh, then people, depending on what they're going through, then they need different frequencies, maybe 400, 800, 900, it depends. So I've had like, for example, this, this man that had colon cancer and he had been in bed for months and the, and the wife called me and said, you know what, he went through surgery. Yeah, he, he can't get up and, and 
can you please do something? Well, all I did, I went and worked with him. Again, the white energy. I put hurt sound in his ears and stayed there with him maybe 45 minutes to an hour. And then I went home. And then <coughs> that next day, the, the, the wife called me and said, I don't know what you did, but in the middle of the night, he got up and he hasn't, he hasn't gotten up for about six months and he's been on the computer and I don't know what to do. And I said, leave him, let him work, let him do whatever he wants. I yeah. mean, he's been in bed forever. So you might as well just leave him and let him do whatever he wants. So, um, you know, he was able to live about two more years. So, and, uh -huh. I, sorry, I was, I was just saying, I think there's, there's definitely something with the power of the mind because I've, I've read about things where there's two people with very similar conditions one of them positive mental outlook on it one of them negative the negative one was supposed to survive and didn't mm -hmm. and the one with the positive outcome was not supposed to live very long and then lived five six years longer <coughs> no yeah I, I... I totally agree with that as well. And I'll be interested to hear what you and Jessica. So I, I know of like the, the law of vibration and you have a lot of these like universal laws that you're within. So for you, do you kind of, when you talk about the hurts <coughs> here, do you then have like kind of mantras that you sit and, and, and say with them? So when you say you stay with them for 45 minutes, like, can you give me, I'm trying to really understand like what is your playing part in, in a mm -hmm. session with you? And uh, right. yes, you, you know what I mean? I'm just trying yeah, to do you know, even if you do this, you know, if you if you do this, if you guys want to do this, you know, we'll you'll feel, yeah. yeah, do it, you know, and anybody we'll who's watching it, just do it. And you feel when you do this, you feel like an energy, right? There's yeah. like a puffiness energy. So the same thing, when you're scanning a body, you'll feel tingling sensation, you'll feel heat, you feel something. And, and what I do is I move this energy from the body and that's what I'm doing most of the time or I'm just putting my hands in the area that has blockage. You know, for example, this man who had cancer. Again, guys, I don't even want to say that I heal. I think that people heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Like I do not heal anybody. People heal themselves. And them. we have that power, yes. And then I guide them through the removing of moving energy in the body because we create blockages in our own body so do you talk yeah. to, like do you like inform them and in, as far as mindset as you're doing this to kind of give them some sort of tangible steps or is it more like intuitive as you as you've mentioned it's all intuitive you know it's all intuitive because when when i was working with this man and i'm feeling energy and moving it and just having him focus and it's just quiet just all you want to do is it's like a sacred space and you're holding the space for the individual and their body. It's like you're holding it so that they have this power and they, you increase this vibration within them, the person's body so that they can heal themselves. And they have that, um, like increasing their chemistry and creating the right chemistry so that they can begin to heal themselves. And when you do that and you hold a sacred space, you know, because you know, you get intuitive where I get intuitive hits. And then I, I asked this man, you know what, like, for example, I said, I see all these little, uh, chicks, like these little, uh, um, uh, like a bird had hashed these little, okay. You know, or a chicken, yeah, yeah. little chicks. 
And I say, I see tons of them. And I said, what does that represent to you? And he's like, I have a lot of small um, pending things that I need to take care of before I die. And I said, perfect, then let's get you better so that you can go take care of everything you have to take care of. And he said, let's do it. So there's a confirmation of like, this is what I need to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And then, and then you're supporting it. You know, a lot of us need permission sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. like, can I go do this? And then you give them a command and you're like, yes, go do it. So you give them this com- mental command and, and I think their brain does something and they're like, okay, I'm going to live to go do this, right? So like I said, he lived for two more years and I know that he took care of a lot of pending things that he had and, and then he was gone. So when you say you see that, do you see it like in what sense, like you close your eyes and you have like sort of flashes of this or what's the yeah. kind of, yeah? Yeah, the they're just like little images of flashes. You know, it's like if you, if I tell you, think of the Statue of Liberty, boom, you see it, right? Yeah. It's that fast. So you'll have little images that come in. And, and the thing is that because everything's energy, everything is energy around us. So you can tap into other people's uh, energy. And when you do that, then you'll pick up little images and, and, and thoughts or, you know, or sound or whatever that might come in kind of weird you know it's like woo stuff but yeah it's that spiritual side mm-hmm. that scientists are trying to discover and see how does it happen how did do, how does this work and and I know Dr. Joe Dispenza is working on that piece and um, and I'm so glad that I found him because I felt like I was a weird person for a long time and and I kind of hit that part of me for a long time and didn't want to mm-hmm. come out of the closet because you know, you're playing with, am I going to be accepted? Am I be ridiculed? Am I going to be hung and burned yeah. <laughs> in the fire? So, yeah. So, so I, I've actually got quite a few random things like that myself. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously not to that sort of level, but quite often I kind of get a feeling just in my stomach that something's going to happen. Um mm-hmm. I mean, I do uh, a networking group and quite often I will get the feeling that like, oh, I'm the next one to be called on. And I'll yeah. suddenly get that feeling in my stomach and I know that it's happening. And sometimes it's off generally when I'm really tired, but generally it happens. Uh-huh. Um, and I, yeah, when, when we're doing that bit and holding, like, I, I suddenly got a flashback to a memory where me and my brother were playing and I had something around my eyes so I couldn't see and he would move a pillow into a position anywhere around me and I would just stick my arm out and reach for the pillow wherever it was and I would get it every time even though he was like being completely silent and he was doing things like where he was he would hold it over me so it was the opposite side to where he was but I could kind of feel where it was. Um, that is super cool and that's that's good that you're practicing I get my kids to practice a lot because I want them to trust that divine guidance and being able to say because sometimes many times people out there have like what do I do they're gonna make a decision and they're like what do I do what's the best decision but if you just go silent and you go in with that intention like what's the best thing for me and for everybody concerned and then you just quiet the mind 
and then you'll get a gut feeling or someone will call you or you hear it on the radio or you'll see it on TV and you're like, oh my God, there it is. You know, that's what you call the law of synchronicity. And when you see it, repeat it two or three times, that's your confirmation that that's what you should do, you know? Just we tend... Yeah, there's definitely something to this, uh, undoubtedly. And I'm coming from a place of like, when you say that you see things, I'm really trying to also for people listening to like paint that picture and get a, a clear insight into it. Because certainly we all like meditation is nothing new to most people. And if you actually practice it and sit, you will kind of go into a different state than what you know, be like the subconscious mind, right? And the, the conscious mind of how dividing they are and how much you actually operate from your subconscious mind on a daily yeah. basis and take these things for granted. So I'm just super interested on, of like the... I don't even want to call it evidence, but like the tangibles, the whichever tangibles that can be extracted from you. Like that's why I'm very inquisitive about like, what do you exactly see? So do you mind, like, can you take us through a normal day in your life? Like what's your routines? What, what, what are some of the things you do to like kind of hone your skill, if you will? Um, I, I wake up like at either 4.30, um, sometimes four o'clock and I will meditate like every day. And then from there, I wake, uh, I'll meditate between 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. You know, sometimes if I overslept and I'm going to cut it to maybe even half an hour because I have to get up and take a shower and get ready because I do work still mm -hmm. in an educational setting, you know, and that's why I've kept this, this like hush hush, because I don't want these professionals to think like, Oh, this weirdo or what people would consider which <laughs> I don't even want to use that word right because it scares me and and thinking of what are people gonna think about me so that's why I was hush-hush for so many years but then I go to this work and then I have clients that call me either I have people that I have zoom sessions I'll have telephone sessions people come here and we do one-to-one -one. we can do hypnosis NLP um, uh, or intuitive business coaching. Um, but right now I kind of stopped the one-to-one -one because I am, um, I am recreating my business and now I'm creating a 12 year program where I, I will take people to a three, three week weekend retreats mm -hmm. and they're actually going to do psychodramas. They're going to do breath work. They'll connect to their intuition uh, will break through whatever they want to break through so that they can actually manifest what they want. And then every month I will connect with them and they'll have, we'll have a mastermind, we'll have laser sessions. So I've created and I'm designing this whole 12 year program and I'm giving and putting a lot of energy into it and designing the curriculum and everything. So I've cut down the number of people that I'm seeing because I want to move it to training people to go out and do it instead of people relying on me and doing it you know people can actually learn how to do it and then learn how to do it to other people so that's what i'm working on so, um, yeah go ahead mm -hmm. sorry um so i was just thinking because you're saying you're going to go on a retreat with people for a weekend what what happens for people that say are in a different country and they just can't afford to get to get there would they be able to take part 
in some way or you know they will because i also i'm i'm creating something like innovative that hasn't really been done so the breath work is a beautiful piece of work that i've learned and i'm going to have it online via zoom so if people are out of the country they'll be able to do zoom sessions with me and then we'll we're, we're going to be able to do a breakthrough session so depending on what they're working on and as I'm training people that want to do this piece of work, then they will be partnered with each other so that they can help each other with sessions as well. So it's, they'll have time with me, but they'll have time to practice it and implement it with their peers within the community and, uh, and then go out and do it and work with other people as well. So uh, I also have an online course that if they're just interested in that, it's called um, the vision board. Um, it's the gold stickler vision board. So also in order for people to, to be able to achieve anything they want, they have to be able to see it clearly. So we help them design a vision board and I do it every year. And, uh, and then being able to uh, figure out what is in the way. Is it a belief? Is it an emotion? And then we will also do breakthrough sessions uh, online. So we'll have laser sessions. So that's another opportunity that people can have nice. with me. So I'm curious as well. So vision boards and these things, like I'm familiar with it. I'd say one of the things that I always had a little bit of a, a pet peeve around it with a lot of practitioners within this, it's very much like, again, create a vision and have a, a clear statement and all these. I just want to hear your opinion on it as well, but that I also like the idea to really put behind it that there needs to be actionables. Like one thing is that I can sit and think of something for, for days on end, but that's not necessarily going to manifest it. Like you're, you're in the same belief, right? That vision boards are great, but there are also actionable steps oh, yeah. that needs to be taken, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I call it the goal stickler because you have to stick to the goal, be very focused on what you want, create milestones towards it. Now, there's some things that could be that magical, like, whoa, you know, like, I'll just give you an example. I just came back from San Diego. I had booked uh, to stay at a hotel. Mm -hmm. And then I met this person that I gave her a ticket. And she's, she said, well, let's share a hotel. So I was able to cancel the Saturday hotel. And then when I got there, uh, she wasn't responding to <laughs> She wasn't responding to, to my text. And I'm like, well, I need to find a room, right? But before I got off the plane, I did meditation. And then I was just like, you know what? Universe, just surprise me. Give me a gift. Just surprise me during this weekend. Well, I was surprised that this person didn't contact me. And it was like a little struggle and frustration. Mm -hmm. But yet I was able to say, you know what? I trust the process. I trust the process and something good is going to happen. Well, I met this other lady. And I told her about my situation. I said, I have to go buy an hotel. She's like, oh, no, 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 stay with me. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. Well, she ended up staying with in another room and I didn't have to pay for that room. Yes. And I, I didn't even plan it, you know, it yeah. just happened. So there's surprises like that that will happen and, and you do need to believe in it because Sometimes you do have to plan for some of them. And then there's times that you're going to be surprised. And those are the best experiences that you're going to have in your lifetime. You know, like I want a Hong Kong trip. Everything was paid. And that was a surprise too, you know, and it was on my vision board. 
you know so some things you will plan and some things will just be like surprise you know yeah so one thing that really caught my attention that you said and this is kind of like in the spirit of the show because we, we we love the idea of like big career changes even though yours is it's not like it's the, it's a quantum leap but there are some changes so you've, you've alluded to now a few times that you 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 were uh a bit sensitive and you're a bit um you're afraid of being ridiculed that's kind of how i i i, I pick it up right as far as mm-hmm. if you now yeah. when you go out and tell your peers and whatnot that this is the career change you're going into so how did you was there something that happened to really make you go like now is the time for me to actually take this leap here and what was the kind of shift in mind where you're like you know what i'm not going to care about whatever possible ridiculeness is going to follow this uh, and it'll be water under the bridge like can you yeah Please tell some more around that. Yes. I mean, one, it was that I struggled with the cancer, right? Yeah. And then the other piece is that I did get certified to be like a superintendent of schools. So I was applying for these positions and then uh, a friend asked me to apply for her district. And and I did and everything seemed to be aligned and that I was going to get this job. And then it was like I didn't. It was like, I didn't get the job, but there was a lot of internal conflict because if I got that job, I wasn't going to be able to do this. So the minute they said no, and then I was going to be leaving my kids here in town and I had to move out of state. So there was a lot of internal conflict. And when I was able to stay here, I was like, why am I wasting my time? I mean, I I still experienced cancer and almost dying and me telling myself that I was going to live to my potential and then here I am still repeating the same pattern Mm. you know following an old path that I thought because I studied this and because I got certified in this I have to do it that's that was what was happening inside me and I was like I don't have to do it I had to give myself permission to say okay I spend a lot of money on that study and that degree and certificates but it's okay to make a shift. It's okay to do this because this is my passion. This is where I come alive. This is where I don't have to pretend to be perfect and to know everything because you keep asking me, well, how do you do it? And it's like, I don't know. I just close my eyes and see why, you know, and I don't have to know. And yet as a superintendent, I'm going to have to know all these answers. And, you know, so I, I think that's how I make that shift. So right now it's like, I don't care what people say. I don't care that this is who I am. And if they're going to accept me, then, you know, come on, you're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy life. You're going to experience maybe something you've never experienced, or you will make it better and expand what you already know. The, the energy of relief definitely shines through the screen here and comes all the way to, uh, to Ireland. I can, I can let you know that. Uh, which is it's beautiful right it's great to see and we've had that on other episodes of people actually once they kind of break through that weird stupid barrier about what will they think what's the expectations of me which are mostly internal at the end of the day like probably not a lot of people have said to you all these expectations that you set for yourself so it's it's great to hear that even in your stage and what you've gone through that that is the same feeling that that goes through for everybody uh, so take that mm-hmm. take that leap if you have that feeling of this is not the right situation for you follow your God, right? And I'm, I'm sure right. that, that's, that's what you're preaching here as well. So I, yeah, I love that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
do you have, you did it a little bit earlier and I want to see if we can get some tangibles out of you, despite you just saying, how oh, you just do it. If somebody were to follow in your footsteps and would like to start practicing what you're doing, are there some tips that you'll be in? Like, do you have a three quick wins where you feel like this is what I would have started with if I went back in time now? And this is something that could put you on the path to learn what I'm doing. Right. You know, what I'm doing right now to help people that have um, that have that gift a little more expanded mm -hmm. or the ones that want to bring it out, you know, basically what I would do is connect to a mentor, someone like me, and it doesn't have to be me, but you have to connect with someone so you don't feel that you're totally off. So you, you could be part of a community because we all have a sense of wanting to belong, mm -hmm. right? And when you feel that you don't belong and you're over here in isolation working by yourself, then it, it, it just feels weird and odd and you feel a sense of like, I don't know if I should continue doing this. But when you become part of a community of people that are like-minded people, you you tend to feel supported if you have questions like we were talking about neil that people come to you and ask for questions you know people you could go and ask your mentor questions or people can come to you as a ment mentor and ask you questions and then you become a supportive community you know and you're not alone you're, you're not doing this alone you're doing it as a community as a whole and in fact when two or three people gather, the energy is bigger mm -hmm. and we make more impact. Um, either when you're working with someone, you know, you could say, you know what, I'm going to be on a call with this person and this person is experiencing whatever issue, but you tell your community and then as a community, you send energy and you send intention. Then it's like this magic happens. You know, it's, 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 better results. I believe that's my mm -hmm. belief. So I think that's what I would say. It's like, that would be the step is like step number one, find like-minded people just like you that will support you and give you guidance on what you need to know. And that's perfect, right? It's it's such a it's it's a time saver. Uh, like it's you invest in yourself essentially by doing that. You may have to to spend some money on somebody, but it'll be the best investment you could ever make in actually finding somebody that has years of a of a, a, a jump start on what where you are right now. So you might as well look for that guidance if you, if that's the direction. So I love that, and you. Uh, I, I, this will not be the last person I say this to. You're not the first one to have that as the first advice after they make a, a career change that they're trying to get to some place. Uh, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs and me and Neil, can, we can relate to this. Like we, you want to do a lot of things on your own and there has to be some sort of sense of uh, growing up with be feeling comfortable asking for help mm -hmm. and just finding that somebody's out there. So I love that that was actually where you went with as, a, as the advice given. Is there anything else you could add to that? And I know these are tough questions, but would there be like a second step? Do you feel like this is also something I learned not to do? Yeah, I mean, one of the, the things that I experienced in my lifetime, it was um, I was trying to get pregnant and eight years had passed and nothing. Like I had gone to doctors and paid lots of money and nothing. And like I said, I was Catholic. So at the time I went to this priest and I said, ah, I was crying. I can't have mm -hmm. babies, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And, and you don't have to be Catholic to do this. But I'm just saying it because that was 
how I learned it in that experience. It's like, you have to believe, he said, you have to believe that you are already pregnant. Okay. And so whatever you want, you have to believe that it, you already achieved it. And then every day, consistency, every day you have to believe it and do it with consistency. And then the third one is you have to be grateful that I was already pregnant. So whatever you want, you have to be grateful that you already achieved whatever you desired. And he said, you're going to do it for nine weeks. And I said, but how about if I can't get pregnant? He's like, forget it. I'm not going to do this. Mm-mm. We're not going to do this because every day you have to come and you have to do it. And guess what? In six weeks, I was pregnant. In six weeks, after eight years of trying, in six weeks, I was pregnant. So the things that I teach, I know they work because I tried them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something, some science that I discovered and people said this is what happens. It's principles and strategies that I implemented and then saw results. So that's why I know they work. So believe, be consistent, and be grateful. It's it's a tough thing, right? So what I would say you're talking about now is kind of like in that law of attraction, auto suggestion. Uh, but there's a there's a big difference in that real belief in telling yourself. Like one thing, and I hope for people listening here that it's it's one of those things when you say it right, everybody's gonna go like, oh yeah, that's easier said than done. I I tried mm-hmm. something, but it is one of those things where emotionally you have to uh you have to connect with it you have to there's a big difference in just wanting to believe something and actually believing it uh wholeheartedly so uh great advice i I think the other difference that you've said is when people go oh believing in it and it's not happening that's because they're giving up after five days six days kind of thing maybe two Mm -hmm. weeks but they've got that belief properly for a long time that's when mm-hmm. things start to change. Yeah. And I think the difference that maybe the the trigger in my head was that I had to go and show up there at the at the church. He said, you have to come here every day and be thankful. Mm-hmm. So I had to spend an hour a day and be present with I'm pregnant. Thank you. Being grateful. Again, creating that sacred space. You know, and so I I had to, and I'm not saying that you have to go to church, but even if you go to your room, if you go to a different space in your, in your house, in your office, and you create that sacred space of this is the moment, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of being grateful and thankful for what you want. And you do it every day and you give yourself six weeks, nine weeks. I mean, he gave me nine weeks. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but he said for nine weeks you're gonna do it yeah. and in six weeks i was pregnant you that's know? it it's amazing and uh mm-hmm. yeah um is there anything angelica that we haven't asked you that you would like to answer or something that nobody else has asked you that you would like to answer well uh, no i mean i just want to tell your audience is that you can achieve anything you desire. You really have to want it. And, and being able to find, we all have these archetypes in our collective unconscious, whether it's the saboteur, whether it's the wounded child, whether it's a, I call it the prostitute energy, whether it is uh, the victim, they live and reside within your human psyche and you have to discover them and be aware 
which one is the one that's empowering your thoughts so that you can recognize it, love it, and then set it free, you know, but with consistency again, mm-hmm. very consistent. So that's what I want to say. Thank, Thank you. And that's great mm-hmm. advice. I know we're not completely done ever, but we're Neil, do you have a, a final one? I know you always have great questions here at the end. Yeah. Well, um, so you talk about a lot of the places you travel. So I don't really want to talk about exact destinations but if there was a world in any book or film that you could visit where would that be you know what i just came back from thailand last um just in july i think (laughs) i am and it was the most amazing experience And, and what i am starting to do is like when i visit a place i try to step out of my comfort zone because I'm always trying to take myself to that next step. And there's always fears. I'm still human, guys, okay? So I, I, <laughs> I'm still human. And I go through my own fears and my own doubts and my own archetypes. So in order for me to get out of my ego and those obstacles, I go do crazy things. So I went into a cage with a tiger. And it was the most magical moment that I experienced. And it was seconds because he's like, let's go take a picture with the other one. I'm like, no, get me out of here now. You know, but, but the fear was coming. It was bubbling up and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm ready. But I did it. You know, I did it. I was with a white tiger and that had always been in my bucket list. So I did it. Live to tell the tale. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah. Good on you. Congrats. And I, I, love <laughs> I love your spirit. Like you're definitely about growing, which is something that we again here try to, if nothing else, like this is what the podcast is turning into. A lot of our people are actually taking that step out into uh, to, to the nothingness that they've never been. And usually what I sense now and starting to gather from a lot of people is like, you don't know what's on that other side. So you're always afraid of, of what you know of, but you, you, you have to just understand that you don't know what's on the other side of that door. And so you basically step through it and, and you seem to be living and breathing that. Yeah. So this has been an absolute delight, Angelica. Is there, a, can you tell our, our viewers now where you would like for them to reach out to if they want to get in contact with you? And then of course, we'll also link this wherever we post this around. But here at the, the final say, where can people get a hold of you? Yes, I have a private Facebook group that's called the Master Manifester Lab, and that's where they can connect with me. And every Friday I go live at 7 p.m. Central, most Fridays, and I will share content. I'll share little secrets or what to do. And just this Friday, yesterday, we talked about archetypes, the human psyche. And there is a lot of engagement and a lot of excitement. So I invite you to go there and I'll give you an opt-in link where people can also link to Awesome. Well, I'm stuff. coming. I'll try it out. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I'm, I might be just hijacking you. You might be coming as well. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, Angelica. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time here. And okay. uh, we'll, uh, we'll probably have you back in the future, see what thing, what you're up to. Absolutely. And I guess you've put yourself in a cage. <laughs> right. I would love that. Okay, you guys be blessed. Take Thank care. You. Yeah.